0: International music from all over the world? Well, look no further, because the Cosmopolitan Culture Club has you covered. And there's only one place to hear it. Sienna T Radio. Making your day brighter, one song at a time. Listen
1: to Sienna T Radio, because that is where it's at, baby. And it goes a little something like this.
0: Listen to Sienna. You're gonna like it.
1: Check it out. Sienna has the best songs, the best vibes from around the world. Tune in now or you're missing out. Looking for sports content on the Bills, Blue Jays, Raptors, Argos, and more? Check out Sports for Beginners with me, Scott McGregor, where we will break down all of the action. To learn more, please follow the Sports for Beginners Facebook page.
0: Welcome to Broadcast Map. This is the show. I cover the world of broadcasting, sports media, and from time to time, my favorite sports teams. Here is your host, Ali Moussa. Studio for Broadcast Map with your host, Ali Musa. Good afternoon. On the day of this recording, it is Tuesday, September the 12th, 2023. Welcome to Broadcast Map. My name is Ali Musa, your host for the show. And we have joining me today is former News Director uh, Kim Geddes. Uh, Kim has spent some time at News Talk 1010 in the past. I used to actually listen to you and and, uh, looking forward to our chat. Kim, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited about uh, having this conversation with you.
0: Oh, absolutely yes, and uh, so before we kind of get into the whole um um to the uh, to the whole media time, um if it works for you if you're com- as long as you're comfortable please feel free to tell us about your please tell us about your uh, your upbringing please.
1: Oh wow, great question. Well, um, you're not going to believe this. Probably the audience won't either. But I'm from a little, not even a village a hamlet, about 10 minutes outside of Barrie, and it's called Utopia. Have you ever heard of that before?
0: I have not. (laughs) (laughs)
1: ah <laughs> <laughs> and it's the truth yes it was uh paradise let me tell you growing up so it's it's farmland and uh to this day i don't know population maybe a honored people uh i didn't grow up on a farm but uh across the road from one and uh, very small town very very um simple life i absolutely loved it so then um I went to uh high school in Barrie, and from there I went on to uh university and college uh and never looked back. So uh yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm uh, a country girl, <laughs> at heart and uh kind of went to the big city. So there you go.
0: Yes. No, didn't Alan Jackson do a, I'm a country I'm a country boy or something?
1: <laughs> I think he did. Yes.
0: Yeah, um that's uh, no, that that's uh, it, um, pretty interesting, too, because I think sometimes where it kind of it's like, it's always interesting, I find, to find out kind of, it's interesting to like kind of see how a person kind of got to, you know, um, kind of how they all kind of started, right? Like mm-hmm. growing up, what was it like, you know, and, um, you know, and, and, and um, you know, kind of where things were. So did you kind of think about, like, were, were you... Um, Was being a farmer something that you um, considered, considering that you grew up on a farmland?
1: Uh, Not at all. (laughs) It was uh, it was hard work. I mean, my brothers and I would help out our uh, neighbors. We were very, very close to and we would muck out the barns and we would help in August uh, to do the haying. And it's it's really tough work. But, you know, something Uh, and my first job ever as a kid was uh, cutting the lawns in the area. And um, but it really, you know, instilled that uh, commitment and perseverance perseverance and hard work and kind of that work ethic and I and I I'm so glad that that was my starting point um but no you know something there was um I I got the bug to to venture out and explore and learn as much as I could in high school and from there I went on to um Brock University in St. Catharines. And then I went to Seneca College for radio and television broadcasting. And I love my home, my small town roots. I go home often to visit uh, family and really close friends who are still in the area to this day. But for me, um, leaving Utopia in the Barrie area really was um, profound. It opened my eyes to so much possibility and expose me to so many different um, people and cultures and ways of thinking and different viewpoints and that continuous learning started at a, a very young age and continues to this day. So I've never looked back
0: And that's sort of been the same that's been the the same for me as well like kind of just um, you know, I mean I, you know, I um it's funny because it always kind of like um like um we sort of um were talking a little bit about me um off air there a little bit that um uh, what happened initially was was that then the uh an accessible like uh, I I was sort of like I always knew um I'm also like I'm also a CNIB volunteer and I do a bunch yeah. of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of it, it caught my attention like see that I like the whole thing about, and I always have been following places like broadcast dialogue and I've always been sports media. I've always been kind of keeping up with what's been happening. So then it was brought to my attention that, you know what, why don't you take the, uh, an accessible voice in broadcasting offered by through connect for life, which is a um, organization that provides um, programs and services to people with disabilities. So I kind of pondered it. And then in 2022, that came up. And I said, you know, and I knew all along, though, that what I really wanted to do with it, because sometimes when people take like a broadcasting course or something, they don't often know what they want to do with it. But I knew right away that what I wanted to do with it.
1: Good for you. Let me ask you, then, what is it about being behind the microphone that lights you up? It's
0: about, for me, it's about having that conversation, having those conversations about um, you know, um about like you know about media and about and and just about having the conversation. It's the light, it's that learning piece, right? I always find it very like just the learning piece and kind of just even sometimes sharing my own sort of thoughts too. Right. That's that's another thing that kind of lights me up behind the mic. And honestly, Kim, I'll be honest. Every time I get behind this mic, I always look forward to it. I always enjoy it. You know, while I kind of consider this my uh, my full-time thing of, you know, doing this and having different people on to talk about, you know, kind of just the world of uh, of media and more.
1: I love your passion. It's infectious, and I absolutely know where you're coming from. You know, being the, behind the microphone is so intimate and you have this wonderful personal connection with your audience and it just it's magnetic isn't it and what a privilege to be behind a microphone and telling stories and learning about people and expanding your knowledge um, it's just wonderful and I'm still behind the microphone today I probably will be uh, into my uh, senior years because I want to be right
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And do you also and I'll ask you, do you also feel that those that those uh, those uh, some people call it a newsletter that that I send out about what's coming up on the show? Do you think that's do you feel that that's part of the 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 passion project, too?
1: How so? Say more.
0: Like in the sense that to getting people, do you feel that to get people or to get them aware of what we're do of what I'm doing, and what's, and what has been, co- and what, what is just posted, do, uh, like, do you feel that it kind of gets people, like, it gets them aware of what's exactly happening?
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Absolutely. Sending out a newsletter like that, um, it does remind uh, people about who you've talked to and why, and kind of like that little nugget of magic that you learned from your guests, that hook is what really um, generates interest. It's what I look for when I read some of your newsletters. But I think you've really done well in your social media presence and really promoting what it is you do, who you bring on and why. And so that's why I also follow you on social media because I was when I saw that you were talking to Dave Trafford, who is my former news director, by the way, and a colleague I work with now at his podcast network, I thought, Oh, well, this is interesting, um, because I really didn't know what you did before I listened to that podcast you did with Traff. And from there, I started following you. And it was like, what interesting conversations you have with people. Some people I know quite well, others I've just discovered for the first time. So I think both avenues, whether it's your social media promotion or your newsletter, are very valuable.
0: So is there anything now based on on the post? And were there some are there some that um, you discovered or found or got a chance to listen to conversations for? Are there some that you discovered um, 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 just from uh, some of the stuff that that I've done and sent out? Are there some personalities that you that you didn't know uh, quite well before?
1: I love this business coaching space. We've kind of gotten into Yes. Isn't this exciting? (laughs) Um, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head right now, Allie. Um, But I do pay attention when they come in. And um, you had a a couple of um, uh, conversations with sports figures um, and media. Uh, sports personalities that I've kind of lost track of. And I kind of put that in the back of my mind and I thought, oh, let me save that Um, because when I get uh, some downtime, I'm going to go back and listen to that.
0: That's awesome. So tell me then when you got into media now, when you got into media now, what, I mean, other than the, the fact that the internet has changed things, Mm. um, what was different Like what, what was your experience um, starting out in media? Um,
1: well, good question again. Um, I've had an extremely um, wonderful career that I uh, look back with uh, fondness and gratitude, but it, yes, it was vastly different. I mean, I started uh, in uh, Barrie at CKBB and, you know, you did it all. I primarily was a reporter anchor and I did news, but uh, I also did sports and any other kind of work within the the news department that was asked of me. Um, but it was what a rich learning experience because you are asked to do it all because you have fewer people at that radio station. And that has certainly carried with me. I mean, I've done traffic reports as well and, uh, you know, would jump in if, if need be to do that. And it, it makes you a more, in my opinion, well-rounded broadcaster um, because you are so versatile that you can do many different things. Um and so, yes, with the internet and uh, it came on to the scene, it augmented what we did. What we did, right? And it made our lives easier in terms of uh, the communication uh, it within, uh, amongst staff within the radio station, and with newsmakers. You were trying to nail down for an interview, and the technology certainly helped with um, reporters on outside on the beat in terms of uh, efficiency and technology and making the sound even better and crisp and clear. So a lot of huge advancements that really made our jobs easier uh, in broadcasting, whether it was in news or announcing or production, whatever it was. So technology is a very good thing. It depends on how it's used. Um, But it certainly... um, yeah, it continues to evolve. It's not all bad. I think you know, of course, a lot of discussion about AI, and the, and that will certainly continue in the years and decades to come. Uh, I think there are positives. It will augment what we do. A lot of broadcasters are fearful of you know the emerging technology taking over their jobs. Um, It will depend on the media company and how they want to use it. But if you I still think if you have the talent in the chops there, there really is a way to um, to keep working. It's just what you consider. And if you can have that vision for 10, 15 years down the road, there is a way for you to survive. I really believe that talented people always work.
0: Yeah, I, I think that there there's something to be to be uh I think I, I I mean I agree with you there. Um but like in a lot of ways though, but see all these but what are your thoughts, but see all these cuts that we're seeing now from yeah. um say like I mean I mean Chorus just made its cuts recently. Um and of course, I mean we had the Bell Media cuts, and I think Rogers has recently done some too. I mean, every company kind of takes their turn in doing it. Um, But, like, what are your thoughts on on these cuts in a way? And I'll sort of kind of back it up, the question up, by saying what we're seeing is we are seeing not – cuts are one thing, but what we're seeing – we're seeing those – Um, slots being replaced by syndicated programming.
1: Yes, syndicated syndicated programming has been around forever, though. I mean, um, overnight shows, I can't remember the last time we had a a live overnight uh, show or programming um, in Canadian media. I mean, syndicated... Like, let's back this up, Mm Ali. Media companies are... Our businesses, it is a business first and foremost, right? And so they have to answer to um, shareholders and um, they have to um, lean out when they're in the bad times so that they are positioned um, in the right way to succeed when the good times roll around again, because that's just basic economics. Um, It is cyclical. You go through good and bad times. You have to prepare, uh, Along the road now, um, you know what? How do I feel about you know the cuts to media companies? Clearly, don't like them. I'm a you know a, a victim of them, but I get it from a business sense. The writing has been on the wall for a very long time when it comes to many many different media companies, not just the big conglomerates, but some of the uh, little players as well. And so, I mean, they're. It, it sucks. Don't get me wrong, but there are new emerging um, audio companies that are doing great things and shifting the business model. The Sirius that. XM is an example of that. Absolutely. Sirius XM is an example of that. The, the podcasting space has yet to peak. It is taking off in new and marvelous ways. So, Broadcasting, traditional broadcasting, absolutely has changed and it has really been reduced over the years. However, the new space is just emerging. Why? Because the audience is demanding it. Audience trends have shifted, continue to shift, and so I think it's really an exciting time.
0: Well, it is. I've said that myself. Um, it is an exciting time. Um, but but see, but I mean letting but see though I mean you probably did see it um um on on broadcast dialogue of them of CHML Hamilton letting Bill Kelly go. Which go ahead. No, I was just gonna say no, I
1: didn't. Um, you know, I've been uh two years removed from the 24-7 day-to-day media world in which I lived. And I've you know taken a new path. And while I'm still hugely passionate about news and information, I, I have removed myself from the day-to-day goings-on um, because it's not my world anymore. And I'm so busy going into a different direction that I'm really excited about. I don't, I don't, know what's happening on a day-to-day basis so
0: i can't help you there no i i understand that i really do because see once because see that's the thing right when you're out of it right you kind of and you take that another another direction you, you kind of don't like you know from it, it's almost in a sense of pointless of continuing to just keep seeing what's going on because it's the same type of thing
1: yeah, I mean, there's a, a level of general awareness that um, I believe you should always have in, in life, in about in the world in which you live. I mean, you can't take that out of you. It's it's who you are. So yes, I stay um, in touch with um, news and information on a daily basis because. I have to for the work I do now, but also because how do you go through a day without knowing about the world in which you live and what's happening in your backyard? Because it's it impacts what you do. Um, But I just don't keep in touch with, you know, the personalities, who's moving where, who's done what, what the new morning show is, who's left, who's been fired. Um, it, It doesn't interest me. It doesn't impact me. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely yep hey, you know something you've just you've just given me some ideas here on, on you, wow. you really have. Go on. Yeah, you, you've given me some ideas that on what sorts of things to pay attention to and mm-hmm. what sort of things not to pay too much attention to.
1: And so how will you take that new uh, awareness? into the future how what are you going to do differently
0: what am i going to do differently well i won't like i i won't read i won't read into that stuff too, too much and i may just and what i will do like i'll still you know like i i will i will still uh you know i will still uh i will still cover these things but I won't necessarily read into and th- and think about it and, and think about it too deeply.
1: Okay. Sorry, I put my coaching hat on there a little bit. <laughs> but I love the fact that you know something, Ali, we are having a conversation. It doesn't feel like I'm being interviewed. You are the interviewer, which is wonderful. This is what a conversation in the audio space should feel like
0: so bravo good for you oh yeah i appreciate that no this is allowed this this coaching this is allowed on this show anything goes here (laughs) yeah but then is it fair now to ask the the question of of should the private broadcaster like should they be unionized for protection Um,
1: Wow, you're asking some big questions here. I don't know, Um, Ali. I know that uh, at Bell Media, um, before I left, the operators and the producers uh, joined a union. Um, I don't know how that's going uh, since. But, I mean, it is fully up to the employees if they feel they are not getting... um, seen and heard by management. And if they feel that they are being hard done by and they do the research and they they feel and understand that the union will offer them that kind of safety, security and uh, recognition that they are seeking, by all means, that is their prerogative. Um, You know, you have to understand, I was on both sides of the uh, aisle, you know, when I was a reporter anchor, I was the employee, um, and then I was in the management. So I can see it from both sides, Allie. Now, having said that, uh, when I was at CHUM, I was so privileged and so fortunate to work for a family company, and I've never been happier. We were treated like gold, and you just um, learn from some of the, the greatest broadcasters in the world. And it really was such a privilege. Um, when I got to Bell, it was a totally different outfit. All this to say, um, it has really, um, helped me understand all kinds of different business models in the media landscape, but also, um, in the public private sector and, um, and I think that is such a a wealth of knowledge that I wouldn't have had. So I hope I'm not um, rambling. I hope I'm answering your question, but I'm trying to do. But so you're di- going to ramble. <laughs> I'm trying to do so diplomatically.
0: It, no, it's true. No, I, I I get it. Yeah, I understand. Um, but now, what about now? When it comes to it, does radio, in a sense, does it sort of make? Um, a sense for it to be around for things like your traffic and weather on the ones and your news every half hour, those quick little updates every now and again?
1: One thousand percent. And I'll tell you why. Oh, my Lord, what is it? that radio provides for the listener that other audio spaces for example podcasting um cannot deliver it is about local 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 the immediacy of that information so you know you're in your car you need to know what uh what route to take and why or what route not to take and why you need to know do i put on a coat do i not put on a coat or the weather. I need to know that if there is breaking news or information or I'm listening to my favorite morning show, that they are going to have the surveillance um that i'm looking for whether it's you know that smile in the morning that i've come to depend on that companionship that they give me that emotional connection and personal tie that no that tells me they get me they relate to me all of that stuff radio provides um and will always provide that other um mediums just don't so absolutely that I don't think will ever cease to exist. It's evolving into new and different distribution models, but absolutely, I maybe I'm naive, I don't think I am, but that news and information companionship, entertainment, laugh, um, news when I need it, only radio can do that.
0: Right. But don't you think though, with mobile devices though, that you pretty much already know before you even turn it on in the morning, what uh, what the weather is going to be? What the temperature is going to be?
1: Yes and no. Uh, it depends on the information that you are getting from social media. Hey, I wake up and I check check social media to see what's going on. Uh, I don't need to listen to the radio as long or as often as I did when I was immersed in it. That said, it's about context. It's about the depth that it social media does not provide that analysis, that opinion, that conversation that I'm seeking to understand it better, social media does not provide that.
0: because, because um, well some have said that it's kind of one some have said that it's kind of one-sided other means of like social media, for example.
1: Absolutely. And when you think about um, X, formerly known as Twitter, in my opinion, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not on it as much as I I used to be. I used to be on Twitter all the time or X because it is a news source. Politicians, uh, agencies, um, private companies... Uh, the police, the fire, you name it. That's where they now connect with reporters and news organizations with their information. Gone are the days of the press release. What's a press release? You don't need it anymore. It's on social media. That's how I used to use it. However, it is, in my opinion, a cesspool of garbage. It's an echo chamber. So if you want to- it clearly is. Right? You want to get into this big debate, angry- um, argument with someone about whatever it is, you can go back and forth for hours and absolutely not learn anything new, have any kind of civil discourse. I don't have time for that. I don't want my brain immersed in that crap. I just don't. Sorry for that word.
0: <laughs> oh no, no worries. No worries. Right. No, but see that's it. I'll be honest. I, I I don't I don't I don't spend as much time on it anymore. Um, I mean, of course I do to promote the content. Yeah.
1: And, you know, something I know, I haven't seen the metrics um, recently, but, you know, when I was at uh, News Talk 1010, we had um, metrics that, that indicated our listener, the average Torontonian, Ontarian, Canadian, they're not on Twitter. They have lives. This is where, you know, the media lives. This is where politicians live. The average person does not. They are more so on Facebook, Instagram, um, and that sort of thing. And so I say all this because we had to be where our listeners are. But I mean, they didn't. They they just weren't not Twitter users like the
0: media is. Maybe that's changed. I don't know. I I don't think it has. Um, because media is still using it. Yeah, and they will,
1: because again, it's it's a it's a news information distribution
0: service, right? It is. So, um, tell us now. Do you do you have any thoughts on the on the what are your thoughts on the the online news act? Oh <laughs> wow! Uh, oh, well, we go right in here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's um incredibly flawed, and um, needs a lot of um, revisions, which, you know, the revisions are underway. Um, But I will say this about the Online News Act. I mean, governments traditionally lag. They're always behind the eight ball, and never really quite land um, policy. Now it depends on what it is. But um, so let me um, use that as my starting point. Um, but I will say this about uh, media companies and, you know, the Bell Medias and the Rogers and the Chorus and Tell Us, whatever it is. Everyone was quite happy years ago when the Internet exploded and was like, and social media took off. It's like, wow, we have to be where our listeners are. How wonderful that we can now... Um, put all our content on Facebook and uh, Instagram and and elsewhere for free. And look at all the eyeballs uh, that we are now getting on our websites that we can sell. How wonderful. It was all wonderful. And now everyone's up in arms. The media companies are up in arms because these platforms are saying, wait a minute, we're in a business too. Um, enough of the, the free ride, you got to pay for this. Because they are the platform supplying people with that content. So it's just a backward way of looking at it. The, the media companies are, are crying foul after the, after the fact. I think they're wrong in their argument.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's certainly something I think it just doesn't, I, I honestly kind of feel it really, it really does not make sense. And I've said it before, and it just doesn't make sense.
1: You know, and they're spending so much time and money on this argument with the feds over the the Online News Act. Why not put your, your time and effort and money into the radio product? Had you done that? Years ago, you wouldn't be in this position. But, you know, you, it's like years ago, they decided we have to be, we have to have a website. Fantastic. Don't arg- No argument for me on that. But put little effort into it. They just slapped content on the, the website and called it done. So if you're really passionate about the on-air product, you would have invested in it and continued to invest in it, but you didn't. And so now you're crying foul that the Feds or sort of the, uh, the uh, platforms are pushing back. And so I just think that there are many media companies that gave up on the on-air product long ago, didn't want to be in that business. You know, there are media companies like Bell who are phone companies and cable companies, and they had some on-air product that, uh I guess we've got to, you know, in, 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 deal with that but it, it could have been continued to be robust but they didn't want to be in that business again my opinion
0: and, and i agree with you and that's sort of where i was going with the when i, when I mentioned the um the uh, the bill kelly thing you're 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 investing see the thing is they're not investing in the content if you want me to listen and i don't listen to as much radio as i once did Mm -hmm. You know, and I come
1: back to this thought that, to be fair, here I am shiting all over, you know, the media companies. Uh, I I hope people understand, you know, I um, certainly have skin in the game because Bell uh, let me go, scores of others. So you can understand my thought process when I make this argument. But coming back to them, they are a business, first and foremost. So, you know, I understand what the, the CEOs are thinking about the business model in the way forward. I don't like it, but I understand it. Um, that said, um, now I've lost my train of thought, Ali. I was on a roll. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, keep going. Well, I'll come back to it. It always does. Oh, it always know. comes back to me, buddy.
0: Oh, yeah, yep, yep. But see, but here's the thing. It's taking people, but it's taken people like Dave Trafford running Story Studio Network, to innovate. While these, well, these companies are are just kind of are, you know, we're they're just not innovating. Not only is because typically companies innovate, they make cuts, but then they also innovate. Yeah, but this hasn't happened with exactly. ah look at,
1: you saved me, we saved each other, and it it just came back to me, that you're absolutely right. I think there is incredible opportunity here that independent media companies, smaller, um, small market, medium market, radio companies are seizing because they see the opportunity to pick up now um, radio stations and licenses that have been divested, and they're like, we can do something with this. And i think that will continue and to to your point about TRATH, um i'm an associate host with ssn um, that yeah the podcast space is really burgeoning and it can augment the radio space unfortunately right now anyway you have you know not forward-thinking um managers in the radio space that haven't figured out they they see podcasting as the competitor it really doesn't have to be or is. And so hopefully as the years go on, that there will be radio companies that figure out the marriage of both, and then that revenue will really take off in the audio space.
0: Right, now see, but here's the thing too, that do, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you like this idea? Like A lot of stations, what they're doing with their, they're, they're taking their talk shows. And just throwing them up as a podcast.
1: Well, consider your question. You that was a loaded question. <laughs> Sorry, I teach journalism. <laughs> no, I uh, it's okay. But you're right. Um, so how do I feel about that? Repurposing, you know, the morning show or the interview. To your point, that's all it is. It's just recutting it into a podcast format throwing it up there on uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It is not a, it is not a a conversation. It is not, it doesn't provide the depth, the context. You've taken out the commercials and that's, that's all it is. It does serve the, Oh, I missed it. I can go back and listen to it. Okay. That's fine. But it's, I don't know about you, but when I listen to podcasts, which I do all the time, I am taken in by that personal connection. I'm immersed in it. I'm taken away into another land, into another space, and I'm lost in the deliciousness of the story. I don't believe repurposed morning shows or conversations or interviews on radio does that.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, it, it, you know, I, and, and uh, that's the thing too, that that's what I, that's uh, what I sort of find too. That. like, see, it's the same thing with the sports stuff. You know, I'm a sports guy. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know if I want to listen to the fan morning show to find out and hear all the, the hot takes about what's going cool, about, about, you know, how the Jays did. I want to just listen to maybe like a 30 minute locked on Blue Jays, which kind of breaks it all down, gives me what I need in 30 minutes, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Remember how, you know, before we had on-demand streaming services and we would set the VCR? What is that? Um, In case we missed our favorite movie program show, whatever it was. It's kind of the same thing. And that's okay. If you miss something, you know, you can go back, you know, where to find it. So it serves a purpose. Um, I don't think the average listener, um does that although I don't I'd love to see the metrics and maybe they do um but you know it just doesn't give me the depth that I'm looking for
0: yeah I know exactly now you mentioned their journalism there you mentioned that you also um that you teach some that you teach uh, journalism can you uh tell us about that Sure.
1: Um, and actually I have been teaching part-time at many different colleges in Ontario since I began my broadcasting career. I mean, when I was a reporter at Q107 and Chum, um, The way my schedule worked out uh, and my bosses were fabulous, by the way. Um, They they knew it was important to me to to give back. So I I taught um, uh, radio broadcasting and journalism at Seneca Centennial and Humber. Um, And now I'm teaching journalism and radio broadcast um, at Humber College. And um, yeah, I I love it. It uh, augments uh, what I do in, in my business as a certified professional coach and talent development consultant. And it just, it, like I said, you know, uh, working with uh, Dave Trafford and his daughter Erin uh, keeps me behind the microphone hosting podcasts and the students uh, keep me behind the microphone um, teaching radio broadcasting and journalism.
0: So, okay, so then what is it, um, when, when you do all that coaching and teaching, um, what is what is it that you um, tell young people? What is it like? And we're going to say younger than me. I'm 34, so let's say younger than me. Uh, I'll take the age of 25.
1: Oh, that's a really good question.
0: Um, it
1: it depends on on you know where they are in their academic career, what it is they want to do um, with their professional career in media. Um, But what stands out for me, and I have, you know, students, like many teachers, um, return and and reach out and, and stay in touch. And yes, it's about skilling them up with, the basics, whether it is you know how to perform, how to be an effective speaker, how to edit, how to write, how to do a documentary, how to do a podcast—all well and good. But you know something, Allie? They what resonates with me is what they learn about themselves. The the confidence um, goes from zero to sixty in our in the time I spend with them, and. They, they walk away with such excitement and passion for the work and this belief in themselves that if they, they persevere and they are committed and put the work in, that there is, there is no limit to what they can do. And for me, that's why I still do it, because I love to see the growth and the change and the shift in themselves. And um, it really is quite cool to see.
0: Right now so, um if if somebody came to you, if when, if if say a twenty-five year old again came to you and said, like let's say they like let's say their dream was to work at a mainstream station. Like let's say they wanted to get into sports, let's say they wanted to work, or let's let's just take this, oh, I wanna be I wanna be on the air. At New 10, what would you tell them, and what would what would you tell them, and what would your advice be? Would you tell them how the industry is today?
1: Uh, yes, um, because I already do that. Um, I am a huge proponent of being a vulnerable leader, which means being as transparent as I can be and honest and authentic. And so, I mean, the students coming in, they're well aware about how the the industry has has changed and how it is shrinking um and so we have those candid conversations about fewer opportunities um, than there ever have been however in the in mainstream media however opportunities still exist it's what you will make of those opportunities because the landscape is continuing to change is there work out there Absolutely, there is. It's different. So what we're teaching them now in our programs is different than what we taught, you know, 15 years ago. And so their if they their absolute goal is to be on air at News Talk 1010, it's going to be difficult. Um, It's not going to be you have fewer and fewer smaller and medium market stations to hone your craft. You will probably start out um, uh, writing copy for the website, whether it's sports or whether it's news, um, and then proving yourself along the way. Um, so it's more difficult than it ever has been, but I would never, ever discourage a, a student from, from never trying. And I hope that makes sense to you, but, um, yep. you know, if, if you... Master the skills; you can take them anywhere. You may, you know, you would never start out in major market radio, unless you're, you're doing overnights at 680, um, because the opportunities just aren't there. But if if news talk is still uh, where you want to be, um, and it still exists, <laughs> in five or ten years after you've you've worked somewhere else,
0: then absolutely go for it. Well, see, I think that's the thing. It, like, even News Talk to it's not what it used to be in terms of the on air product and everything. Now, it's not what it used to it's not what it once was. I think, my, I mean, when Mike Ben Dixon was in there, he was, I think, he was trying to do or make necessary adjustments to it. Oh, absolutely. Um, it is
1: definitely not what it used to be Um, and yeah um, to your point uh, Mike did incredible work in transforming that radio station from an uh, you know an older audience um, into a you know a younger sounding um, audience that had um, you know I don't want to use the word tone but you know there really was a a tone to what we did. We were cutting edge. We were, we were bold. We uh, solidified ourselves as the, the breaking news radio station uh, of record in Toronto. I mean, it's an iconic uh, brand um, that absolutely was transformed, but you know, it's not what it was, um, you know, it, it, two years ago because no. you don't have a news department anymore. You don't have the staff, you uh,
0: no. He brought so the mods back. Remember that? Was that he brought the mods back? Um, um one did. Point. he brought the mods back.
1: Um, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't remember. For weekend that.
0: mornings for a little bit.
1: Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, but you know something? It was really an exciting time, exciting time to be there because um the radio was, station was transforming into something new and with that in anything in life brings incredible challenges and opportunities and so that's where you learn and that's where growth happens so it was it was pretty cool i mean we were young and hungry and and changing things and and trying new things and um yeah it was pretty cool
0: yeah and also too like he also um you know I mean, there were a couple of moves that that I was not a fan of, like um, do you remember, I mean, and of course I had Spider Jones on here a while, and he probably saw that.
1: Uh, I missed it.
0: Um, Spider, do you remember Spider Jones? Oh yeah. Um, you know he had because that Sunday afternoon lineup when um, Doctor Joe, Doctor Joe Schwartz, who I've had on as well. And it, then it went after him, Spider Jones. I think that was the that was the best lineup for that Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it was good. but and you should I don't know if you had Mike on this podcast, you should invite him on. I'd love to. Yeah, you should. Um, because he can describe this you know better than I after all, he is a program director. Um, but you he's know actually back in too. Yeah, he's now programming uh, at a course. With- AM 640. Yeah. Yep. So as I said, he can explain it much better than I, but you know, when you are in a, when you are in a leadership position, um, you have to make the best decision based on the best information at hand. And that is about, you know, ratings and, you know, um, uh, you know, how how many people are, are listening and when and and really, is it worth it to have this lineup on at, at that time? Is there a different way that we can still have a, um, a loyal, large audience, but also make more money with perhaps a different lineup or put them in a different day part? I mean, those are the, the decisions that a program director has to make. Some of them. Um, some people don't like others people uh, will love. Same thing as being a news director. I mean, there were decisions that um, I had to make based on the information I had and the vision mapped out by the program director and our bosses.
0: Yeah, I I think it's always that thing. I think it just goes back to leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Where you are required to do something you may not necessarily like that you have to do it, but you have to do it because it's the best thing to shape the vision. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Uh, being a leader is not
0: uh, not easy, but it's hugely rewarding. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. I'd. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd. Uh, I'd. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna reach out to uh, to Mike and see if he's uh, interested in coming on.
1: There you go. I think you should. I think you'll have a wonderful conversation.
0: Yeah. And, um, if he accepts, we'll, we'll have him on.
1: <laughs>
0: Very so, good. Um, go ahead. Pardon
1: me? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm anxious to hear it.
0: Awesome stuff. And, uh, now as we, as we sort of, as we uh, wrap up here, is there something you would like to ask me anything you want to know about me or you want to ask me or anything that you want to share that we didn't touch on?
1: Oh, well, uh, let me see. Um, Tell me about some of the guests you have lined up and and why. What is, about, what is it about talking to um, these different personalities that really um,
0: excite you? Okay. So on Thursday, uh, September the uh, 14th, I have Don Collins coming in. Oh, um, Donnie. Remember Don? Yeah, yeah. Um, to talk about his experiences, talk about how he feels about what's going on in, in, in media. Um, And, um, and then I've got, uh, then I have on Monday, then I've got Lisa Drew coming in.
1: Oh, yes. And do you want to explain to the audience what you have planned? For Lisa? For both of us.
0: What I have planned for in, well, I want to talk about, I want to really cover, I want to really find out more about them. And I want to really get into um, a little bit more about what happened during their time at these various different places that they were at that I remember and what went into it? Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but uh, you have asked Lisa and I to come on and do a, a roundtable discussion. I'm really looking forward to it. And all that to say that, and I'm sure some of your guests have told you this over the, over the, uh, years that you've been doing this podcast is it really is a small industry we all know each other we've worked for each other sometimes we fired each other absolutely we have incredible respect at least i do for our craft and we all know what it takes to survive and thrive in the media industry and we've learned from each other and i continue to learn from some of the amazing incredible talent um, that is out there i mean i just was back and forth having a, a wonderful conversation with larry mcginnis the former uh, uh, creative director for chum and you know we haven't worked together in a very long time, but he was just so um, supportive and gracious and helpful. And so that giving back, I don't know what it is about media people. It's instilled in us some way, maybe because others really helped us on the way up. And so, and you know, we all love talking about the media and each other. So
0: <laughs> it's all a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're know yeah, no, um, yeah, maybe someday we can make that. Uh, maybe someday, no, maybe uh, someday we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, see if we can someday make that uh, make that roundtable work someday.
1: Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And where can uh, where can people um, find you? And what and and oh, and and the second part of your question was, um, why um, what excites me to have them on? Yeah, I, I have these people. What I feel really excites me is because I recognize, because I, um, I I knew, because I, um, because I followed them. I followed their careers a little bit. I followed their careers. I used to listen to these people. I used to, you know, and up until recently, I used to listen to Lisa all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Until she uh, retired. Yeah. And. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, uh, as did I. I always had an ear on uh, talent from uh, outside Toronto and inside. But uh, and that's. I'll leave that story for our roundtable in terms of the relationship Lisa and I um, had and have. Um, but people can find me. Um, Where can
0: they find you? I was going there. <laughs>
1: um, so my company is called. Leadership... attention. Oh, there you go. My company is called Leadership Dynamics. And it's uh, quite uh, easy to find. You just uh, Google um, Kim Getty's leadership d- dynamics, and that will take you to my website and uh, my email. And um, yeah, so I do a multitude of different things, and I'm really loving the variety in my life post-radio, um, and it's, you know, talent development with different radio companies uh, and their news departments. I also um, do media training, and uh, as I said, I'm an associate host with Dave and Aaron, and teaching and um, leadership and team performance, so it's, um, it's good. It's good. I'm, uh, I'm having a good time.
0: Absolutely. And everybody can find me at http colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map slash. You can also, uh, the email is there as well. You can also follow me on Facebook. Search the uh, the broadcast map Facebook page. Just search broadcast map and Twitter at ATOM Podcast 819. And Kim, I'm really looking forward to having you back in the future. Thank you so much for joining us today on Broadcast Map. And we will be back on Thursday with September 14th with Don Collins. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And we will always remind the listeners to stay tuned because there is always interesting conversation taking place on broadcast map. I will see the listeners or connect with them with you on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to broadcast map to learn more about the show. Please visit HTTP colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map slash like the broadcast map facebook page by searching broadcast map stay tuned there is always excellent conversation on the way